but we are joined today with Chuck back. He's from Procella Audio, possibly your future upgrade home theater speakers. Uh, Chuck, hey everybody, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so, once uh, again. So, so applause. So, so Chuck just gave this whole story about his whole history and everything like that. Um, I'll just kind of paraphrase everything he said. Uh, he used to work for MK back in the day, which were one of my when I first started the channel, I had a whole entire system based on the MK S one fifties. Chuck worked for them for like twenty years, right? It was twenty years. Yeah, twenty five years. It was like twenty five years. And then they got bought out by some uh, Danish company, so they're not even MK anymore. There's some like faux MK, but we're not going to throw shade at MK. But the original Gen ones or whatever, those are the best ones. Um, then he's moved on over to Procella Audio, right? That's right. I'm I'm with Procella. Um, I met the uh, the founding partners of the company early on uh, after I left uh, MK. I found that uh, we were very simpatico. We had the same approach to audio, and I was very impressed with what they were doing that went beyond what M&K was doing, specifically in terms of working with larger rooms and the kinds of theaters that are now uh, a lot more common. Uh, the M&K speakers were fine in, in uh, mid to uh, small size rooms. When you got into the larger rooms, they didn't have the capabilities, and, and that's really what Priscilla does extremely well. And uh, so after a short period of time of consulting with them, I came on board as a partner and uh, I've been, uh, been working with, with uh, Priscilla ever since. And he's also working with Trinov. So he's got like two of the best in the biz. We got the best processor, best audio. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky to be able to re represent two of the best brands. Uh, I'm just very pleased that uh, at this point in my career, I'm able to, to do that because I, I get to spend all my time playing with expensive toys. Yeah, right. Hey, same over here. It's the best time ever. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been uh, feeling bad during the pandemic, but I think you mentioned the home theater is getting a big boom right now. I know Spare Change is getting a nice boom as well. And you have a few a few slides you wanted to share with us. Yeah, I want to uh, see if I can make this work here with my slowed down computer. Uh, let me uh, let me take this out, and I'm going to never enough boxes behind me. Here. Yeah, <laughs> let's see. One more click, we should be able to share here. Okay, or is my screen sharing? I can't tell what's happening. Uh, let's see here. I don't have anything yet. Is this? No, it's my screen. Yeah. So let me go back to. Chuck is coming from us from his 9.4.8. 9.4.8 home theater? Uh, it's actually 11.4.8 uh, theater. Would you say nine dot four dot eight? It's 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 eleven. I've got wides. Oh, eleven. Okay. And uh, and two sets of side surrounds because I've got two rows, uh, the back surrounds, and. Uh, so Chuck is showing off today. So let's uh, grab this. And can you see that now? No, I'm not getting it. You hit the uh, little share screen button on the bottom there. Yeah, I've got it. Let me try. It again here. Maybe now. Mm, it should pop up on the bottom of the screen there once it once it's active. Yeah, I'm getting here. It's I I have the I have share, but it's but it's grayed out now. Some technical difficulties with stream Streamyard. Yeah. Try one more time. It's showing me that it's, uh, try again. Oh, here we go. We got something here. Okay. Got a, got a gray screen. Oh, that's you. You're sharing your entire screen. So let me, uh, let me take that off the screen here. So when you share this screen, oh, there we go. There we go. 
All right. So the we'll talk about 2006 when uh, uh, Priscilla Audio was formed. Uh, the founding partners uh, were directors at DTS outside London. Uh, and uh, Anders Ugelberg was the uh, head of cinema for DTS in Europe. And Gerben van Dyle was the head of uh, business development. And they were given the assignment to build a preview theater for DTS uh, as they were expanding their headquarters. And that's what you're seeing on screen right now. Uh, the key to this was that it needed to be very much like a, a current high-end home theater. It needed to have the dynamics and impact and the quality of a DTS soundtrack, but it also needed to have the resolution and audio quality of a recording studio because Gerben's uh, job was to convince musicians like Queen and Depeche Mode, who are in this room, uh, to have their recordings remixed in 5.1. At, at this time, DTS was heavily involved in promoting the idea of surround music. And this, uh, unfortunately, was not really much of a commercial success, uh, even though it was an audio success. But uh, this room uh, was very well received and was a success. You'll see that the speakers there, if you're familiar with Priscilla, look something like Priscilla speakers. But at the time, there was no Priscilla. They were working for DTS. What they, what they had done is, is gone to the speaker manufacturers that we would all recognize and asked them for samples for evaluation. Of course, the companies were very happy to do that. Mm -hmm. But none of the speakers could meet all of the requirements. They, you, you had audiophile speakers and recording studio monitors that sounded great, but they couldn't fill a 30-seat room. And then you had cinema type speakers that could fill the 30 seats, but we're not going to have the resolution for music. They ended up designing their own system. Uh, they went to, uh, in this case, Italian pro audio manufacturers for components, and they uh, built their own system. It was a big success. It worked well. Some, some uh, recordings were actually mixed in the room. And eventually, after hearing enough times, where can we get these speakers? You know, could we actually buy them? Uh, they decided that they had something uh, what was real, and they left DTS and formed the company. And and the rest is is history, as they say. So those are the original uh, Procellas yes, from, uh, those from are DTS. And you yeah. guys are still making those now, right? What are those? The well, that's that's the uh, the forerunner of the P8. It looks a little more refined today, right? Um, but uh, but it's the same basic components. Okay. And uh, and that that building was actually taken over by Datasat, and uh, was was uh, used as their headquarters for a while, uh, and and uh, it, the speakers have been replaced. We've actually upgraded that room, so it's got the current versions. Hey, is Datasat still like in business? Uh, yeah, they're still around. Uh, their distribution is not as wide as it used to be, but uh, but there's there's still our they're they're still out there. They're part of of ATI right now. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. So there's um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of data set processors out there. Um, what else? What else we got? So, you guys are still making those speakers more refined. Uh, we gonna you got some slides on current current models here? Yeah, I'm gonna put that back up. Am I? Did I take the sharing off? Um, yeah. Let me put it back on. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I had the right slide. So I'm gonna show next. I'm gonna show the the complete lineup. So basically, yeah, we have five families of main speakers and uh, three three models of full range speakers, and then we have uh, a half dozen subwoofer models. So let me go to sharing again, and I hope it goes a little quicker this time. Saving the subwoofers for last. Here's a question for you, Chuck. Why choose yes. Procella? Why choose Procella over MK, Rendell, or B&Ws? The Procella. I can talk a little bit about the Procella philosophy here. Uh, because Anders, the designer of the speakers, is a cinema designer, his approach has always been the same that he's taken with designing a commercial cinema, uh, and that means that. All of the speakers are specified to a given listening distance for reference level performance. 
rather than saying, you know, your room is, is so many cubic feet, the reality is uh, with, with a point source speaker, the level is going to drop with distance. Um, so the significant factor is how far are the listening positions from where the loudspeakers are located? So when we, we specify a speaker, we say that it is a, a two meter reference level, a four meter reference level, eight meter reference level. Basically a two meter reference level is what you have with a hi-fi type speaker, which has a dome tweeter. That means that it can produce reference level, which is 105 decibels at a two meter distance. When you go beyond that, the level is going to drop off or if you try to push the speaker harder, it's going to go into dynamic compression and ultimately you're going to blow it up. So the M&K speakers and other hi-fi type speakers use dome tweeters typically. They may use multiples of them, uh, but in any case, they are limited by the output capability. Uh, the Priscilla approach, on the other hand, is, is to use the pro audio approach. We use a compression driver. And a compression driver is typically what you see in sound reinforcement or in the cinema. But the difference here is we are tuning the system for hi-fi performance in a home theater environment. We're not worried about getting something to the back row of a 200-foot uh, uh, cinema. We're concerned about getting something to maybe 30 or 40 feet, uh, but that's still a relatively small room compared to a cinema. And unlike what you have in a cinema and with some other brands of speakers that are, uh, they're also using compression drivers for home theater, these are tuned in the way that an audiophile speaker would be tuned. So they don't have a bright tipped up in your face kind of quality. They're more laid back in their presentation and that makes them much easier to listen to for extended periods if you're listening at reference level. And again, reference level is specified in cinemas by THX to ensure that the full dynamic range can be properly reproduced so that the audience experiences what the creators of the film wanted them to experience. And, and so if uh, I can't tell if I'm sharing, are you, are you getting my screen right now? Yeah, there we go. Okay. So if we uh, go start at the middle row, we have uh, the P5 family, the P6 family, the P8 family, and then the P28. Uh, these are the models for main and surround speakers. Uh, we don't have dedicated center channels. We don't have dedicated surrounds. Our recommendation is that you use as much as possible the same speakers around. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly for LCR, uh, they should be the same. Uh, on the other hand, they are all tuned with what we call identical voice so that, and this is true of most of our systems, you can mix and match. For example, a typical system would use the P8 as the LCR speaker and then P6Vs as surround speakers. Uh, now, everything, every model on that line is basically uh, set up to the home THX standard, meaning that it's set up for an 80 hertz uh, crossover to the subwoofer. And that's pretty much normal for most home theater speakers. We go beyond that though. So if you go up to the second row where you have the three tall speakers, those are full range speakers and they're also bi-amplified. Uh, you may have noticed by now that they are modular. Uh, if you look at the P610, for example, you'll see that the, there's a 10-inch woofer, but there's also a module that has a 6.5-inch woofer and the tweeter that is exactly the same as the P6 in the line below. And that's exactly what it is. It's a P6, but we convert it on a modular basis into a full-range speaker by feeding one amplifier channel to the, uh, to the P6 for the mids and highs and another amplifier channel to the woofer uh, for the lows, and we get a speaker that extends to 40 hertz. Uh, DSP crossover and a second amplifier, of course, are necessary for that. Uh, so a P610, for example, is a four-meter reference level speaker. If you have a larger room, you would go to the P815, which has a 15-inch woofer, 8-inch mid-range, and a larger compression driver. That's an eight-meter, which means it's going to 25, 26 feet 
it's going to play 105 decibels all day long. And if you've got a giant room, and this will actually work in a cinema, uh, the P860 is, uh, is 16 meters. So it, uh, it's actually capable of something like 137 decibels of output at a meter. So the idea is we will, we will ask what is the room configuration? What's the size of the room? But more importantly, where are the listening positions? How far are the seats from where the screen is located? And with that, we can use that information to determine which speaker is best. We're not going to recommend a more expensive model uh, by claiming that it's going to give you better sound quality because it really isn't. It's tuned to sound the same. The goal is to make sure that we achieve full dynamic range. And so you don't, don't want to underpower and there's no need to overpower. And that, that's, that's our approach. So the, uh, the, the, the reason to go back to the, to the question uh, is, is that you're, you're going to have better uh, dynamic range in, in a larger space. And an additional factor, we use waveguides for all of our, our tweeters. So the compression driver is not mounted on a conventional horn, which has a typical kind of coloration. It's on a waveguide, which has uh, computer design shape to it that disperses the high frequencies much more uniformly than a, than a dome tweeter does. So the people who are sitting not in the center seat, but the people who are sitting off to the sides are going to hear a much smoother uh, high frequency response. They're going to get more information. There's going to be greater dialogue intelligibility and the imaging is going to be better. And that's, uh, that's a real benefit of uh, using the waveguide, which uh, we would not have with a typical hi-fi speaker. Um, Thank you for the question, Morton. All right, what do we got here? So, so uh, what we've so we've looked at the full range speakers. We looked at the passive uh, eighty hertz crossover speakers. Uh, then we have the uh, the subwoofers, and these are pretty much all high output, with the exception of the P ten SI. That's a single ten inch. Uh, it's used in the P six ten, but it's also primarily uh, outside that. Uh, it's used as a balancing sub and what that does is in the hands of a really knowledgeable calibrator, uh, it can be used to tune the room nodes to mm. cancel out uh, the, uh, the peaks and, and nulls that take place in a room. Uh, it's not something that's added to the system to increase the base output. So it's a very specialized product. The rest of the subs are, are conventional uh, approach. Uh, we have a single P15A, which has a 350 watt amplifier, uh, and then we get into the larger subs where we're, we're all multiples. So the P15 is a dual 15 uh, that uh, comes in two versions. Uh, there is an amplified version, although we recommend the outboard amplifier, one of our outboard amplifiers, because uh, you get more dynamics that way. Uh, then we have a dual P18. Uh, both the P15 and the P18 uh, are very shallow in depth. Um, uh, they're about 11 inches and about, actually about 10 inches in the P15 and a little over 14 inches for the P18. So they are not in the typical kind of cube uh, design that can be difficult to place in the theater. In fact, pretty much all of the Priscilla speakers are designed to be shallow. So yeah. they're not as obtrusive when they're mounted on a wall and they're easier to conceal in a theater where you might put a fabric wall up to uh, uh, conceal the, uh, the loudspeakers and the room treatments. How's the, uh, how's the low frequency response if you were just the, for like late night listening, if you didn't want to turn the subs on, what kind of bass would you get from them? Since they're, since the cabinets, the enclosures are so shallow, I, I, you typically wouldn't think of a really thin speaker as having a lot of like bass. Or well, they, they, like they, yeah, that's that's a good point. They are they're designed to go to 80 hertz, so they do make 80 hertz, uh, but these are uh, designed for wall placement. These are not speakers mm. that you would put out on stands in the middle of the room. Right. Uh, they're 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 theater designed, so uh, that helps with the tuning. We don't have to worry about trying to uh, trying to compensate for the fact that there's no reinforcement by placing it on the wall. Mm. Uh, so that helps, and and there's there's reasonable base. Uh, it's certainly very well-defined, it's going to be very clear, uh, but obviously you're not going to get the impact 
uh, that you get with uh, having the subwoofer kicked in. Yeah, right, right, right. The the two giant subs we have, the V18 and the V21, um, are the uh, opposite approach. They're they're much deeper, uh, and the idea there is to have uh, a, a maximum output in rooms where a deeper sub can be accommodated. And you'll see that the the drivers are not mounted flush on the front baffle. They're actually mounted in a V shape, which provides a little bit of horn loading of a sort. I wouldn't technically say that's accurate, but it does uh, does increase the efficiency a little bit and increases the output. Uh, so we've we've adopted that. It's also uh, uh, if you look in the upper right on the P860, we were adopting that for the uh, woofers on the uh, on the big full range speaker. They uh, are those larger ones, the 18, the well, they're du 18, dual 18s and dual 21s. Yes. Just in case uh, you didn't specify that or not. No, exactly. Um, yeah, are, thank you. Are those, um, how big are those enclosures? Are those really deep or are they still pretty shallow? They're, uh, they're about, they're less than three feet deep. They're, I think, about 28, 30 inches deep. What are the, what do those reach down to? What could you expect? If you if you were to go to like dual twenty ones or quad twenty ones, well, th they're what gonna. Are they for? Yeah, you you probably can get them. I haven't really done done testing to see how low we can get them with with the right kind of EQ. They're pretty much going to be flat down to below eighteen hertz, mm -hmm. uh, and with a little uh, because the the drivers are are massive, um, that can probably be tuned lower. Um, but that that's going to be a matter of uh, the equipment that you're using, whatever, whatever you're using for, uh, for tuning the system and uh, doing PEQs and that sort of thing. And you, uh, those are outboards amplifiers, correct? Yes. The, we have two basic platforms um, to, in full disclosure. One is a, is a lab group and platform and the other one is a power soft. Um, these are uh, made for us and, and we, uh, provide custom DSP to match the loudspeakers, so they're they're not a necessity. Although for the uh, for the bi amplified speakers and the subwoofers, uh, you do need DSP and you do need uh, a crossover for the full range speakers. Right. So right, right. They, that's generally where they're used in the in the more expensive systems. Uh, if if you go to the um, passive speakers, the ones in the middle uh, in the middle row. The uh, those will play well with receivers. If you have a high quality receiver, those actually work quite well. Uh, so it doesn't require going maximum uh, cost in the electronics to get uh, to get good quality performance. And a lot of those systems uh, follow that route. That's like the P one, P five, P five V. Yeah, and the P sixes too. P six V. Yeah, do you guys make it. any in-wall speakers or just strictly we, like We do have, um, you, if you look at the P5s, there's a P5IW. Uh, that is the old version. The new version is going to be out next month. And right. with that speaker, we have um, incorporated a 15-degree angle on the tweeter so that it's suitable for ceiling uh, placement in an Atmos or a DTSX or an Oro system. Uh, so that the speaker can be flushed to the ceiling, uh, but we're able to direct the high frequencies to the listening positions. Uh, we also have the uh, the P8IW, uh, which is a much larger in-wall, and that's a phenomenal um, high-channel speaker. Uh, it can also be used as a surround. It can be used as a main speaker as well, but it has the same type of angle, and uh, it's the speaker that's used in the... Uh, CD reference theater at the CD headquarters in Indianapolis. Uh, we used uh, six of those in that room, and so it, it's okay. stunning how how powerful the uh, uh, the Atmos information is, the height, height information. Oh, so you do have okay. So this is an in-wall speaker then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The question was, Friedrich said, uh, "How come there's no in-wall speakers?" But you do, in fact, have yeah, the, in -wall speakers. Yeah, P five and P eight. There, there was a P6 earlier, but that was discontinued. Um, it's what is no the part of the mix. What's the most popular speaker in your lineup? The P6, pretty clearly, yeah. um, it it fills a, a lot of <clears throat> it fills a lot of systems as the main speaker, and it's most often used as the surround speaker, even in really big systems. Um, P5s are coming up though, because we're we're seeing uh, we're seeing an increase in business at more at the entry level for us. 
And you mentioned that these um these like these double stacked ones they're by amped are they by amped or by wired they're by amplified so it's two amplifier channels mm. so there's a there's a crossover required so if you used our exam our <clears throat> amplifier for example there's a crossover for a p610 at 150 hertz so one amplifier channel feeds only below 150 hertz to the 10 inch woofer and then another amplifier channel feeds everything else to the uh six and a half in the in the tweeter right I would assume that could get pretty costly at some point. Yeah, well, that's again, you're getting into a, a much higher level of performance. Yeah, uh, those are large speakers. You're, you're not likely to have those mounted on a wall, freestanding in a room. Uh, so the vast majority of time, uh, those are installed behind a uh, acoustically transparent screen in a, in a high end theater. Gotcha, gotcha. Do, are these simply so you wouldn't see these like as surround speakers, like the P six ten? With the with the P six with the little tenature underneath it, not not as a surround. I no? don't know that I've ever done a system where someone's used that as a surround. Uh, there is <clears throat> the the idea would be full range for the main speakers, and then for down to eighty hertz, we'd use a P six V for the rest of the surrounds, and it would be identical to the main speaker, uh, except for below eighty hertz, where it's going to be crossed over anyway. Right, right, right. I'd be I would I would want to do something like this. I would want to I'd want to attach the uh the ten incher to each one of well, the speakers. That, that, more power to you. That's great. <laughs> that, that'd be, I'd, I'd do something like I'd do something like that. Yeah. What um so the new the new stuff that you have coming up is um what do you have coming up? Well what what's coming up is the new version of the uh the P five uh in wall, uh which is is really designed it, it's the motivation for redesigning it was to accommodate the uh, applications for for Atmos systems, mm -hmm. and so that's uh, that that's a big step uh, uh, to have that angle because a lot of systems end up using in wall speakers that basically fire straight down to the floor, right. and the imaging isn't very good with that. Um, in in my theater, my demo theater, I have P fives mounted on brackets hanging from the ceiling which is the optimal way of doing it. Uh, but in a practical sense, not every theater is going to be allowed to do that. People want to hide speakers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that was the motivation for uh, modifying the, the P5 to get it. So it was optimized for Atmos. Do these all share the same compression driver? There, there are two versions. There's one uh, in the, uh, there's a one inch that's used in the P6 um, there are actually three because there's a different one in the P5, uh, and then there's the the one and a half inch that's used in the uh, in the uh, P8 and the P28. And can you get this same level of detail as you could from a compression driver as you would, so like a standard, like tweeter, like a soft dome tweeter, aluminum dome tweeter? I say definitely yes. Uh, that that's uh, been our experience. the The idea is we are going to be able to reproduce uh, real dynamics. Uh, and the compression drivers that we were using with the, with the crossover tuning that, that Andrew's designed uh, is, going to, is very revealing. In fact, um, they are particularly good at low levels. Um, you mentioned you know, light, nighttime listening. They work very well mm -hmm. for that. So they're, they're very high resolution. Uh, but where they really stand out is when the system is being pushed and it's not necessarily playing at maximum volume level, but just when there's a dynamic uh, signal coming through the tweeter, uh, when that happens and a dome tweeter goes into dynamic compression, it may do it just for a moment. And it may not be audible in a sense that you can hear, oh, something's wrong, like a woofer bottoming out. Uh, but there is a loss of fidelity. There is a loss of quality. And uh, that's one of the, uh, one of the things that uh, Purcell owners have commented on is they, they find how much cleaner things sound at the top end. Uh, right. when they're listening at moderate to high volume levels because the tweeter is operating in the middle of its range, not at the very extreme. How would you, uh, how are Procella speakers for two-channel music listening? Or these seem more like they're home theater focused, but how are they for two-channel music? Uh, they're, they're good. They are, they're not tuned in the same way that some of the really exotic speakers are. 
Um, so they, they're in the category of a, of, of a good studio monitor. So I think uh, just to be fully honest about it, they're, they're excellent for it. But uh, if you're looking for a speaker that emphasizes mid-bass and, and has some other tuning characteristics to give it a so-called musical quality, uh, it's not going to it's not going to give you that kind of sound. It's going to give you the kind of sound you get from going into a studio and listening to a good studio monitor uh, yeah. that a mixing engineer would use. Right, right, right. So less of that hi-fi sound. Maybe less of a V curve, I would say. Yeah, yeah, the smile curve. Sometimes it's called. Yeah, yeah. There's um. um not sure if I missed it, but how much are we talking for these speakers? And are there any in-wall subs? We do not have in-wall subs. I'll answer that first. There's been a lot of interest in it. Uh, I have been personally working on Anders to get him to look into it and uh, making some progress, but it takes takes a lot to move him. So I'd say stay tuned on that. Uh, in terms of systems, the entry point for a 5.1 system would be about $7,500 at MSRP. Um, a system with... Uh, P6s would be in the ten to fifteen thousand dollar range. Uh, there's a nice sweet spot in the twenty to twenty five thousand dollar range. Again, I'm talking about packages now uh, with P8s and P6s. Uh, that's that's your five point one seven point one. Adding uh, speakers, obviously, we're going to do Atmos these days, so adding those speakers is going to push that up a little higher. What you'll find in doing comparisons, if you're shopping for this level of performance in a, in a uh, cinema, a home cinema speaker, uh, is that we, we tend to come in um, at a more attractive price point than the other brands that are doing uh, the same kind of approach. Uh, we we are, are, without naming brands, I would say that we're, we're more affordable and uh, I'm confident we're actually doing better performance. And where can, uh, where can these guys find uh, pro sale speakers? Because... Yeah. I couldn't find Brazil speakers. Anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's a challenge. We we have <laughs> about thirty dealers in the country uh, right now, and the most part they don't have demonstration facilities. It's a challenge that you know all manufacturers are, are facing when when they're doing this type of uh, uh, product that requires uh, a very expensive investment, and yeah. even before looking at the cost, having the space to do it, uh, there is. Uh, I have a demonstration theater at my residence in Venice Beach in California. Uh, it is available, well, maybe not currently because of the pandemic, but uh, it, the idea is to have it available on an appointment basis so if someone's in the Los Angeles area or traveling, um, where things are getting a little bit uh, easier. So that's something that I would be happy to schedule appointments for demonstrations here. Uh, there's also, uh, again, it's not available, but because for the same reason, but the, uh, there's a demonstration system at the uh, CD headquarters in Indianapolis, uh, which dealers, uh, CD dealers would have access to. Uh, I would say the best thing is, is for someone who's interested to contact me and I can, I can work with them, um, to, uh, uh see if, if we can make some kind of arrangements for them to do, do some kind of auditioning. So the CDA headquarters uses Procella speakers. Yes, it's a it's a full Procella uh, ammo system that's um, eleven point two point. Uh, I think it's point two, and and eight point eight. So there's eight uh, uh, speakers for for Atmos and DTSX and Aurora. So yeah, that was. Uh, they're not using clip speakers. No, no, no. no. This is a real state of the art theater. It is. It's incredible. Uh, it's <laughs> okay. And it's using Trinov processing, of course. Oh, on top of, that. of course. Of course. Okay. Here's, here's a question for you. Shane, identical voices, identical voices question P5 versus the P28s. Same room and listening conditions. Thanks. You're going to have the same basic response. The, the, if you look, if you measure the curve, you listen to it, it's going to, it's going to look very similar. Uh, it's not going to match when you get, say, below 100 hertz uh, because you're going to have much greater cap output capability in a P28. Uh, the major difference is going to be uh, the, the dynamic range capability. Uh, so if, if you were using P28s and not pushing them very hard, uh, at least in terms of their capability, uh, it would match with a P5, but it really wouldn't make sense to combine those in a system 
uh, because the P5s would run out of capability well before the P28 would. Uh, but but they are going to match in terms of, of tonal balance and tonal quality. P28s. Oh yeah, they're a bit. Yeah, the P28. Yeah, the P28 is is the maximum output. It's a, it's an eight meter speaker with two eight inch woofers and a one and a half inch compression driver, yeah. and it will play. It's it's an eight meter, so it's going to play 105 decibels at 26, 27 feet. These these pictures. I feel like the pictures on the website. It's really hard to gauge the size of these speakers. You know, these, well, these are all, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, for me, at least when I, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, they seem so small. Yeah. But, uh, it's, they, they look small here. This yeah. is actually to scale. Uh, so to give you an idea, the P860 is six feet tall. Which, hold on, let me go back. That's the tall, the tallest one in the upper right. Um, the 860. Okay. Yeah. See that, when I look at that, it doesn't look big, but yeah, I've seen it in video and it's, it's huge. Yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah, again, it, there's the, What's in six, here? Ten, I'm sorry. Oops. I'm bringing down the screen here. What's on the bottom half here? There's six 10-inch woofers. <laughs> the six 10-inch woofers. Yeah, it's massive right there. Yeah. And then the, those those uh, mid-ranges on top are 8-inch. And that's the, the P20 on the top? Correct. Yep. What are your amps? Are those Class D or what are they? Yeah, they're Class D. Yeah, they're single rack unit. Um, and... Uh, Various power levels depending on what you need. If you if you're going with one of the giant subs, yeah. uh, the DA five thousand can be bridged uh, to do twenty five hundred watts per channel, and so that would be twenty five hundred watts to each driver in the subwoofer. Mm -hmm. What are the base drivers made out of? Uh, they're uh, paper cone. Uh, they're manufactured. The bigger ones are manufactured by uh, BNC, uh, which is a pro audio manufacturer in Italy. So they're all pro audio drivers. So they're not, not consumer uh, uh, quality or cost for that matter. Right. Uh, so they're all very, very high output, very long throw. Um, several of them have neodymium magnets, which is very helpful because the subs are extremely heavy. Adding adding magnet weight uh, just makes that worse when you have to move them around. Mm -hmm. What else we got here? Jones. And the we had another question here. When is Shane going to get his P sixes? Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, here we go. Have a question for it. Look, look behind Chuck for the size of the P6Vs, and uh, what's in your theater again? Let let the audience know what's what's in your. Okay. This is uh, this is Chuck's personal home theater right here. Yeah, and it's and it's the demo theater for uh, for Priscilla here uh, as well because I, I do use it for that as I said. Uh, so the um, let me put this back here. So I I've got three P610s um, behind a uh, acoustically transparent screen. That's the LCR. And then P6Vs, there are, um, there's a pair for wides, a pair for uh, left and right surrounds, a second pair for left and right surround two, because there are two rows of seats in the theater. And on the ceiling, uh, there are eight P5s on brackets, so they're all aimed at the listening position. Uh, six of them are in the Atmos configuration, so it's top front, top middle, top rear. And then there's a high center, and a top channel, the voice of God, uh, which is not, those two channels are not used for Atmos, but they are used for uh, DTSX and for uh, Oro 3D. Uh, and then finally, I've got four subwoofers, uh, two P18s and two P15s. Uh, they're mounted in the corners. I have them in opposite corners. So the, the front right corner and the back left corner have P18s and the other two corners have P15s. And they're they're not working terribly hard. <laughs> are are uh, the subwoofers ported or are they sealed? Uh, oh yeah, they're all sealed boxes. They're That's sealed. a very okay. good point. Yeah, 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 we don't do any ports uh, in any of our our speakers. Right. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. So, so yeah, so that would mean no problem mounting anything on the wall. Yeah. <clears throat> have you heard Steinway speakers before? I have. 
How would you say, how would they compare to Procellus? Uh, it's a, I think it's a very different approach. Totally different? Yeah. Um, there, I would put them more in the, in the hi-fi category. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I, 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 I'm not really going to criticize another manufacturer. I, I just think that their, their approach is different from ours. They're not taking the, the cinema approach to determine what the, uh, what the requirements are going to be. Um, they're based on pianos, and then, and then, grand pianos. And then design from there. I'm sorry. I said they're based on grand pianos, I, I think. Well, yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a different thing. That it's the thing. Speakers there there's there are so many brands, yeah. And it's it really does become subjective. So it's a yeah. matter of of preference. What uh, what I do like about the Priscilla approach, though, is it is based on on some actual science in in the sense of determining what the requirements are going to be to make sure that we get the dynamic range that's required to completely experience the movie. And then pick the speakers to go with that, rather than picking something because we like the way it sounds and hope it's gonna it's gonna work and, and not compromise the, uh, the listening experience. Do you think there's a you know when the, when uh, brands say you know their speakers are like voice matched or timbre matched, and they're clearly kind of like you know when you have tower speakers and then there's a dedicated center channel speaker, but it's mm -hmm. it's totally different. Obviously, it's like horizontal. Yeah, yeah. The other speakers are vertical. How tamper matched are they? Shouldn't they be identical? I well, the the idea is to have as identical as possible. Yeah. Um, in a in a practical sense, not everyone's going to do what you're suggesting you would do, which is use six tens everywhere, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me. Um, I will show you a couple things. Just uh, I've got a couple other slides while we're kind of talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, This is a, an Atmos mix studio in Japan. And they did pretty much what you're talking about, uh, Shane. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you look, what they've done is they've, these are P815s, but they've split the P8s and are using the P15 uh, woofer cabinet as a separate cabinet. And what they did do basically to economize and, and because it's not quite so critical, um, you see th three speakers there. Each of the P8s is a discrete channel, but the two P8s flanking each of the P15s is, um, the P15 is getting a blend of those two channels uh, below 150 hertz. Mm -hmm. And they can do it because it's a recording studio. They have con full control over the, uh, the signal path. Uh, and they clearly wanted to have full dynamics for all of the surround channels. And, and so they did not opt for an 80 hertz crossover. And if you look up into the ceiling, you can actually see that there's P8s and the 15-inch woofers up there as well. Oh, yeah. In the center section. Right. Are, so are those like full range up there? Like everywhere? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's full yeah. range. Every channel is full range. They, yeah. The only thing they've done is they've just combined a couple of channels to economize in the number of woofers that are needed. So when you do that, when you have full range, is there there's still like a dedicated uh, LFE channel, correct? Yes, yes, yeah. there is. And um, in fact, in in cinema, full range a full range speaker by cinema definition goes to forty hertz. Really, that's uh, that's what the requirement has always been. And uh, the LFE channel is what one twenty down. Yeah, it's one hundred twenty hertz down. So, uh, so if you're going to do that proper, would you would you cut off the speakers at 120? Well, the, there is a f in playback. There's typically a filter at 120 mm -hmm. uh, for the LFE channel. So, in in the mix room, they would have it filtered, and your receiver or your processor is going to be filtered at 120. Yeah, um, I notice. I notice in the in the in the Trinov, there's that section uh, LFE miscellaneous. Yes. And that's, I think by default, out of the box is 120. Correct. Uh, that's the specified frequency. But you can actually, with some processors, you can defeat that. And you can actually get higher frequencies. Yeah. Um, 
But the idea of putting the limit at 120 hertz for the mix is to uh, prevent uh, audio being reproduced by a subwoofer uh, becoming directional. Right. The the mixer should be placing directional sounds in the main channels, not in the not in the in the LFE channel going to the subwoofer. Cricks or Procella speakers? Well, I don't know why you guys ask these questions. He's going to say Procella. Come on, <laughs> Procella. <laughs> yeah. I I've, I've had not had experience with Cricks. <laughs> I, I I I've heard good things, but uh, that's mm-hmm. about the extent I can say. I don't really have any any hands-on experience. I, I know their 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 sales manager uh, was uh, one of the managers for the uh, M and K distributor in Australia many yeah. years back. So I know Don, but uh, but the, that's about all I can say, to be honest. Uh, slightly off topic from Procella, but were the original Star Wars prequels, were those mixed on MKs? Uh, a lot of it was, yes. Yeah, okay. we, we uh, that was actually, that was a lot of fun because we could spend a lot of time up at the ranch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ben Burt, uh, his personal studio was all M&K. And so a lot of, a lot of the stuff was pre-mixed. Uh, the final mixes were done in, in a dubbing stage, but the real positive uh, feedback we got was that uh, in in the past when they tried to do that, it didn't work. Um, they pretty much had to start from scratch when they got to the uh, dubbing stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but using the M&Ks, they were, were able to uh, to pretty much use what they had without having to do a whole lot of extra uh, remixing. So, uh, yes. Hold on. What do you, what do you mean like pre-mixed? Well, they're, what they're doing is they're taking, you know, there's lots of elements to a soundtrack. There might be a hundred yeah. different elements in a, in a really complex scene. Yeah. And so the, uh, the pre-mixing would be taking certain aspects of the sound uh, that are related and mixing them first so that this, this let's say it's, a, say it's background sound. Say it's, you know, there's a, there's a big uh, fight scene and there's lots of, sound accompanying the the swords or the the uh whatever weapons they're using that that might be mixed separately uh and done in advance of bringing into the dubbing stage where the music and any dialogue gets brought in Mm -hmm. so uh so there's there's several steps it's not all done at at in one final step one final stage Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They're like different stems, right? Is that what it's called? Different stems. Yeah. Well, the stems would be would be the the individual sources uh, of, of sound, the individual tracks. Uh, right. And and so the, those are those are premixed, and and then there's a final mix. How many how many theaters are there? This is just totally just like, just because I'm interested. I've always wanted to go there. Were there theaters there that that use the Atlantic technology speakers? Because I've always saw saw pictures. Um, well. They, these would all be, these are mostly in mixed rooms. So they're, they're right. smaller studios. Uh, and I don't know. I can't say I ever saw no. them, but I wasn't in all the rooms and probably was was taken to the ones that had M&Ks. Um, right, right, right. Okay, gotcha, primarily. gotcha. I always wonder, I was I wanted to go, go there at some point in time, but I was like, maybe we should take one of those tours. I don't think they had let, let the normal folks go into these mixed rooms, would they? I, I, have, I don't know. You know, it was... That was many years ago, so it's probably a different uh, different set of rules. I so I I, I don't know, but it was uh, yeah. We we actually uh, M and K hosted an event there where uh, we were able to bring in um, some of the reps and and salespeople from the pro division, uh, yeah. which was was really nice. So they were they were quite open back twenty some years ago. Um, it's probably more closed today, I would guess. Yeah, probably probably. All right, that's it. That's it. Let's 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 wrap it up here. All right, guys. So, if you guys want to check out more information on Procella speakers, check out what is it? Procella.audio, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, let me just. I just want to show one last yeah. thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Front slide. Oh, that's your, yeah. We. Uh, this is one of our above screen speakers. Um, Anders actually developed uh, this for some cinemas in Scandinavia that do not have speakers behind an acoustically or, uh, perforated screen. Uh, in, in a, this is a commercial cinema. Uh, yeah. They have a solid screen and developed a system that places the speakers above the screen. 
and uh, it's worked quite well. Now we have the things like the Samsung wall and the crystal yeah. LED Sony's coming. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who have more money than we know what to do with, uh, <laughs> you know, we can spend a half million dollars and, and put a 16 foot by nine foot TV in our rooms. And uh, so we're, we're offering this speaker as a solution for the uh, um, center channel uh, for that, for that customer, because with those solid uh, giant screens, there's no place to put the center channel. Isn't there so, a center height channel in DTSX? Uh, yes, there is. Yeah, there is. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'll, I'll leave it at that in terms of what the solutions are going to be because it's still being worked out. And there's a lot of experimenting being done by, uh, by a lot of people um, in finding the optimal solution for that. Uh, but this is a, kind of a unique product that um, no one else has at this point that I can, that I can recall. What's, so that, what's in there? Is that dual tens? Uh, it's dual tens. Yeah. So this okay. is a full okay. range speaker. So this is uh, this is basically a P six ten in a single cabinet, right? With a twenty degree angle in the front baffle. Could you say something about why you have designed your P ten and P fifteen so compact? Uh, in terms of um, flexibility of placement, uh, ability to mount them into a baffle wall or place them against a wall without. Uh, protruding into the room. It was really, a, it, was, it was part of the original design intent to make these as installation friendly as possible. So those are more like living room friendly speakers because they're so small? Yeah, in, in that sense, yes. I would, th I would think so. They, yeah. they look, I can't tell how big they are, but they look like they would be more living room friendly. These are all, yeah. everything is well mountable, right? Is that the intention uh, for all these? Yeah, all of the main speakers are all wall mountable, yes. Um, the uh, subwoofers, obviously. Obviously not, unless right. you're unless you're doing it like the Japanese studio did it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool though. I like that. I like that. I'd want to do something yeah. like that. And what else we got here? Six more. So we touched everything. We touched on everything here. Yeah, this the uh, amps. Which, where's? Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just a couple. Of, I put put a couple of pictures in just to do this quickly. Uh, yeah. We this is our. Uh, our demonstration theater in Amsterdam. This is our, our European uh, demo headquarters. Uh, was that the same, the same as the original? Uh, no, no, this is different. Um, it looks similar, but uh, yeah. this this system was used at the uh, ISE show last year. Mm -hmm. uh, at the you know at the very very end of when we could travel, uh, and we we built it modular so that we could break it down and take it back. And so this is, uh, if anyone's visiting Amsterdam, um, it's available by appointment. Uh, and you can see it's all P6Vs for the, uh, for the surround speakers. Oh, that's like in pieces? Yeah, well, the, and this is kind of with the, with the wall coverings taken off. So you kind of yeah. see it exposed. So you can see the diffusers uh, yeah. around the back oh, of the cool. room. Wait, what is that? What is that? P6s and... Uh... It, it's all P6Vs. There are P6s. Uh, for high left, center, and right, mm -hmm. uh, P815s are the main speakers. P1 up front and two P15 dual 15s in the back oh, for gotcha. subs. Very cool. I like that. What seats are those? Are those Fortress? Uh, they're they're a, a European manufacturer. I don't offhand. I don't know the name. Sorry. And then uh, this is the last one. This is this. This is Cedia. This is the Cedia headquarters theater. Oh yeah, that's cool, dude. I like that. Which is it's Ketra lighting. It's it's an awesome room. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's not a great photograph, but it's a great room. No, it's cool to me. What's in there? What's in that one? Uh, well, it's um, it's a Barco projector. It's P eight fifteens, two P eighteens. I think there are two P ten SIs. Uh, P the the P eight in wall is in the ceiling. And then P6Vs for all the surrounds and the wides. <clears throat> yeah, I like that one. I've seen that in one of the videos. I think one of your Procell videos, I've seen that. Yeah. In, yeah. I, yeah, I think, was it on your channel I saw it? But with, was it in Gerben? Gerben, it was Gerben, Gerben? That, that took it, yeah. But, but they didn't show the theater. It was just like on him the whole time <laughs> yeah well yeah and, and the problem is with with the we're trying to show speakers in the theater that's beautifully finished you can't they're not visible 
I was like, listen, I like Gerben sitting in the chair, but come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> show, me, yeah well. show me the theater, guys. <laughs> well, talk about the amps really quick, though, because here's the amps again. Yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, just, I think I've, these are on my slides. These, so come on, these look here. more, uh, these look more like pro level amps rather than like, you know. They are. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're specifically, um, on the, in the case of the DA5 and DO6, those are made by Lab Groupin. Lab Groupin mm -hmm. is one of the top uh, pro audio manufacturers. Uh, the DA2800 and the DA5000 are PowerSoft. Uh, same thing, Lab Groupin, Swedish, and, and uh, the uh, uh, PowerSoft is Italian. So we, we want pro level performance, we want pro level reliability. And uh, they have the DSB capability, so they can do the crossovers and the and the proper EQs for the speakers. Uh, and they they range from uh, 150 watts a channel um, for the DAO5 to uh, I'm sorry, 300 watts per channel, uh, and then 600 watts per channel on the DAO6, uh, 360 watts on the DA2800, which is a four-channel amp. But it's bridgeable, so it will do 1,400 watts times two for subwoofers. And then the DA5000 uh, will do 2,500 watts times two for uh, for subwoofers. Subs. And is there, uh, the big subs find, will have left. Do you find there's any truth when people say that you get pro-style amplifiers as opposed to like, like a hi-fi amp? Do you find there's a difference in sound quality between the two? Well, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are differences between amplifiers, yes. Because um, I'll be honest, I look at these amps on it, they look like the very slim amps. They look like my Behringer amp. And if I think about it, I wouldn't think that I would power my Bowers and Wilkins with those. Or You know what, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I do, I do. They're, they're yeah. certainly much better built than the Behringer. The Behringer is more of a... Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Entry-level pro. Reference. Yeah, but the, uh, I... I Getting into the subject of quality of, of amplifiers, they sound very good. Uh -huh. um, they're uh, are, are they as good as as a class A B amplifier you buy for fifty thousand dollars? I doubt it. They probably not. Um, but they, they they if that amp's worth the money at fifty thousand dollars, it should sound better. Uh, <laughs> but but they sound quite good. They sound dynamic. Uh, we picked them. Uh, we we there's quite a bit of product available from both of these manufacturers mm -hmm. and we've selected the amplifiers based on performance and, and sound quality. Right. So they are, they are quite good. Uh, whether they're the ultimate in, in audiophile quality, that's, that's a question I have to leave to, you know, in a person's yeah. budget and taste. Subjective, subjective thing. Mm -hmm. All right. What else you got? Anything else? I, th I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Anything? that's it. Anything new on the, uh, totally separate from Priscilla, anything new on the Trinov front? On Trinov, nothing, nothing to announce. Uh, we're always working in, 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 we're very heavily engineering driven at Trinov. And so we're always working on uh, refinements and improvements. So there will be uh, new features. I don't have any schedule to tell you, but, uh, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of very inter interesting stuff being worked on. So it's one of the benefits of owning a Trinov is is all of these improvements, all of these new features when they come, are in software. So they're just yeah. downloadable, and mm -hmm. everyone everyone can get them. So, is, is there uh, is there any plans on a new Trinov? Hope hopefully not. But is there is there no, any new? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, there's. Uh, that we, we've been talking a lot lately about the, the altitude platform yeah, and that really is the sustainable platform that the altitude 16, and the altitude 32 represent. They are, um, because they're, they're using an Intel processor and their software, uh, their software driven, uh, they effectively can become new products over time yeah. as the new features come along. Uh, if a new format comes along. It'll be software and it'll just be a download. Uh, and in fact, we, we've just announced a program for um, warranty extension. So yeah. some of the first units that were sold are, are now coming out of warranty because they're five years old. And we have a program where the unit comes back to us. We send it to the factory. It gets refurbished. A lot of the key components get replaced. And we extend the warranty for an additional five years. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So it's, it's a huge, huge program. Uh, and it's the idea. You know, a lot of people have had 
over the years products they spent a lot of money on that became obsolete. Yeah. Uh, you don't want that to happen with Trinoff owners and, and it's not going to. Yeah. So, uh, why don't more, why don't more brands do, uh, more of the same type of thing? Like, you know, like the main brands, what, what do you yeah. think that that is? Why I, isn't it more like software based or more like a PC? Cause the trend was basically just a PC. It's a, just, yeah, it, it's yeah. PC based. Exactly. Um, I think it's, the approach they, they they have always taken the approach of going to the market for decoding chips and processing chips and and just incorporating uh, into new models when uh, there's a reason to bring a new format in or make a change. Yeah. Uh, the the mass market brands are more oriented to constantly introducing new models that's part of their business model is they want to be putting out new products every year or every yeah. two years whatever their cycle is uh and that's that that's more for for mass distribution than it is i think for the for the high end right right yeah, so uh, and and then there's there's just a whole engineering uh, inertia uh, it, would, it would require taking a, com a fundamentally completely different approach to designing products and i don't see that happening when they have a model that's already working. So no Trinov with Dante output, or was this fake news? Um, we are working on, on Dante. Uh, we're working on AES sixty seven and and Dante, and I don't have a timetable on that, but there there will be that will be coming. So what is that like? And it'll be coming little, for the altitudes. Like a little chip, like I mean, like a card or something like that. Uh, there will be the the Dante will require some hardware. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the AES sixty seven. I. Uh, well, well, we'll see what, what the final version is. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but we are making good progress on it and it will, will come sometime relatively soon, but nothing to announce in terms of a date. Uh, is but, there, would there be a, like an audio, uh, difference between going Dante or using the, uh, DB25 connector? Well, Dante is going to bring it. I mean, there isn't, there shouldn't be an audio difference in terms of keeping the signal digital. Yeah. Um, there are, there are a lot of complications with Dante that, that make it not as easy to implement, but that's, that's an engineering challenge. Uh, let me give you, let me give you a couple of quick fire answers. I can answer these for you. Okay. Five, two, two setup, JTR speakers or Procella. Come on, silly question guy. <laughs> Come on, silly. Here's another one. <laughs> storm audio, storm audio or Trinov, which is better for Procella speakers. What's what's the man got in his room? He's got a Trinov. He doesn't have a storm audio in there, guy. Yeah. Come on, 49ers. They they work well. Priscilla would work well with 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 uh storm. It'd be fine. Uh, but in my personally biased opinion, I'd prefer the Trinov. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. Uh what else we got here? Uh Shane can't afford a GB. Yeah, okay. Here's one. Uh Mr. John. Mr. John Sandoval, can you upgrade pro the processor on the Trinov? That's, that's a question. Like, well, how much yeah. processing would that use from the i7? Like, what, is it like 90% or is it like 30%? Or is there a need to upgrade to like an i7 ninth generation or something? That's nothing that we have run into. I think we have a couple of kind of far out... Uh, experimenters who have done that mm -hmm. uh, meaning they have taken the processor out and put another one in i would not recommend it it can be done it's a computer yeah. you, you could replace it but i but it would take it out of warranty and uh i the the we don't see any need to go to anything beyond the i7 at this point and i don't right. really anticipate that that's going to change in the future um on the other hand, if someone does have a unit that's five years old, they can, we will replace the processor when it comes back. That will be part of the warranty extension program. Uh, they'll basically get the same level of processor, but, uh, but it will be replaced. Right. Is there, is there additional cost for that or is it just like you swap it out? Oh yeah. There, there'll be a significant cost for it. Uh, but, uh, but again, you know, for a $30,000 processor yeah. in many cases. Um. All right. I think that's all we got. Unless you got something else, Chuck. No, I think we're good. All right, guys. All right, guys. So if you guys want more information 
on these Procella speakers or, or on Trinoff. Uh, check out Procella.audio or Trinoff.com. And hopefully n- near in, in the near future, I'll have a review on some Procella speakers as well. And uh, you guys can uh, flood their website and their retailers and buy those speakers. Because hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, they do sound good. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to share before we before we sign That's off? That's it. Just just again, it's Procella.audio. There's no dot com mm-hmm. in in the address. It's Procella.audio. And go take a look. There it is, guys. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, guys, for checking this out. Leave a comment. Anything else you got to say? Check out the uh, audio portion of this uh, podcast as well on iTunes or on Spotify. We'll check you guys out in the next.